Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for In the Spotlight. You know, as the year is progressing, we're almost at June, right? Uh, we all crave a break from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And while traveling to well-known cities or places is uh, usually a popular option, what if you just want a proper break away from all these city madness? Now, our next guest, IHG Hotels and Resorts, have carefully curated a list of tranquil guests getaways in Southeast Asia that are perfect for those much-needed short retreats. Now, with the windfall of long weekends this year, now is the perfect time to plan your escape and make the most of your holiday time. In fact, their hotels offer world-class hospitality experiences that cater to every traveler's needs. Whether you're looking for like a romantic getaway or you just want some alone time. So let's take a look at some of these underrated resorts and why should we give those a chance? On the line is Rajit Sukumaran, who is Managing Director, Southeast Asia and Korea IHG Hotels and Resorts. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi, Alit. Good afternoon. I'm well. How are you doing? Very good, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time. I suppose let's start off by getting to know IHG Hotels and Resorts. Uh, I believe you guys have 18 brands located in over 100 countries and territories. What else can you tell us about it? That is true. We've got about more than 6,000 hotels, but across more than 100 countries across 18 brands, as you said, ranging from business hotels all the way down to resorts where you can actually spend some great vacation there. Yeah. I love asking this question to anyone from the hospitality sector, right? How the business has evolved since COVID-19 because uh, the hospitality industry, well, safe to say, was one of the industries that suffered the most. Yes, it has. It was a really difficult time over the last few years. But I think what's really good is the current trend lines are really positive, right? And if you look at trend lines, it is clearly showing travelers back, back to the mountains, as people call it. You know, we're seeing demand consistently improving in many markets. And, you know, what's also good is seeing Alice come back in a big way too. We're not back to 2019, but coming back in a big way. Travelers are also prioritizing travel, which is actually good for uh, us and the overall hospitality industry. So then if, if I were to ask you to describe the current trend of today uh, where travel is concerned, uh, what would you say it looks like? So trend lines are pretty much showing a few things, right? One is that travel is among the most resilient discretionary spending areas for consumers. And that's something which is held out during the pandemic and it's actually come back in a big way post-pandemic also. So that's coming back in a big way. So that's supporting the, the notion that travel is back and not just back as a revenge travel, but coming back in a more permanent basis. What we've also seen from a trend standpoint is that it's no longer destinations or, or hotels or, or specific areas are going after. It's experiences that, you know, people call new currency for travelers, right? People are looking to rediscover familiar places, discover new places, immerse themselves in local experiences. I think the COVID experience has taught us to appreciate a lot of those things that we maybe took for granted pre-COVID. And this is supported, right, by Business surveys and industry forecasts, which all expect hotel room nights to be consumed to back to 2019 levels by as early as next year. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the most popular travel destinations for Singaporean travelers. I'm guessing it's the usual suspects, right? It is. It is. I think Singaporeans love traveling within the region, especially some of those long-standing favorites. Like mm. you have the likes of Malaysia and Johor Bahru, so it's very easy to get to. Lots to enjoy, both from shopping to cuisines to, to just hanging out with friends there, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's something which 
has come back in a big way. We've got two new hotels that we opened there during the pandemic. So that's actually been great for us because we've got lots of Singaporeans staying with us. And then just further upfield, you have got Thailand, where Bangkok, Phuket, Krabi are really popular destinations with very easy flight connections, which is a big consideration for Singaporeans, where you can mix up cultural experiences, maybe beaches, uh, natural beauty, shopping like we all love, and the good food that you get there. Okay. And then if you want to look at you know, other resorts, maybe you've got the likes of Bali, which gives you the great beaches, the rice paddies, the cultural offerings, and great food. So something for everyone, and it's a great place to kind of like also learn to serve if you're trying something different. I think you got us when you said uh, great food because uh, that's like that's like top of my priorities list. <laughs> but I'm curious. I mean, do you get people asking you what kind of uh, travel tips one should have in this post-COVID world? Yeah, I mean, everyone has their own travel routines, right? That they go okay. after. For me, some of the stuff that I look for is going beyond your popular tourist spots. Well, famous you know landmark attractions are, are usually a must-see, and most people would have seen it in some form or the other. You know, going off the beaten path and exploring some local neighborhoods, be it markets, be it food, be it culture, you'll find some really hidden gems and experiences that you never thought existed. And I always find hotel teams are the best people to go to when you want to talk about local knowledge. And I think they're very knowledgeable and helpful with suggestions of how you can explore some of these things. So that's one I think COVID has made me appreciate a lot more, the whole going for the more off-beaten path location. Mm. Uh, learning a new skill is another thing which you know, I've kind of you know, taken up either because my kids wanted to try something different or when I travel with friends, we try something different just to get a different experience. So learning to take on a new hobby or a skill, cooking classes when you're traveling, that's, that's something yeah. which we've seen become increasingly popular. Challenging yourself to learn to surf or to sail or try new dance styles as you're traveling into some of those culturally rich destinations across Southeast Asia. That's another one. And finally, I think from a tip standpoint, the one thing that you should never forget is signing up to a loyalty program. Mm-hmm. I think just like how airlines have you know, their frequent flyer programs, hotels have their loyalty programs too. We have got our ISG1 rewards where you earn points and helps you get to the most out of your travelers, right? So many programs offer exclusive perks that you don't get if you don't you're not on the loyalty program like your early check-in your free wi-fi and the of nature all right Rajit, we were going to talk uh, i mean at the start sold the idea of underrated resorts but I, I suppose before we get into that what would your definition of underrated resorts be okay so i guess for me personally resorts which are off the mainstream so not your mainstream resorts but something which is off the beaten path somewhere where it's yet to be discovered you don't see the usual masses of tourists there yet because it's still something which is yet being discovered by people and, and just being marketed destinations. For me, that would be underrated. And I guess, you know, if you look at what's, if you ask for a few underrated destinations, that's what you're asking. There are a few that, you know, I would think in the open hotels, which okay. do qualify for that. Maybe I can talk on yeah, for that. Yeah, why not share with um, us some of these resorts that sure. that you that are in our region, especially that, uh, you know, if we're planning that either solo trip or romantic trip, that we could put this on the list. These are perfect for both romantic and solo trips or even family vacations, right? Okay. So the first one that comes to mind is our Intercontinental Khao Yai Resort. This opened in 2022, I think, a year back. This is actually two and a half hours drive from Bangkok, so it's accessible. It's unique because it's just lush tropical landscapes, lakes, near a very famous UNESCO heritage site, Khao Yai National Park. Mm. It's excellent for those who are looking to discover a new place. You want to do outdoor tracking, exploring, and even great wine tasting there too. So that's one which stands out. I must admit, I have not visited yet. That's one on my list for this year, which I need to go with the family. Uh, another one which I actually have visited is the region Phu Quoc in 
Phu Quoc Island, Vietnam. Uh, stunning property, the old suite of villa, amazing service. Feels really special from the time you touch down till the time you leave the, the resort. Wonderful destination with very beautiful beaches. It's just perfect to watch the sunset from. Excellent for groups. I've seen families, couples, everyone who've been there uh, are talking about return trip soon after. So fantastic location to go to, something that you don't normally bump into or you see on your map, on a tourist map, but, you know, it's a nice destination to go to. That's interesting. I do wonder, you know, when these underrated resorts become no longer underrated, uh, they become, not to say overrated, but uh, they become like mainstream, everyone goes there. What happens then in your observation? Is it a case of, okay, it's no longer tranquil or it needs expansion or like those Instagram videos where just everyone's everywhere? If you look historically on it, I guess there are lots of resorts that, you know, were considered underrated 10 years ago and today they become, you know, one of those things that are must do from a visiting standpoint, right? So you take the likes of Maldives, you know, easy to get to from Singapore, right? It wasn't as easy 10, 15 years ago, you know, and then you can get to resorts either by speedboat or you take a plane to get there. Lots of space, lots of activities, sea, sand, pools, you know, kids have an amazing time because now there are Maldives resorts which cater to kids also. It used to be something which is more just for the honeymooners and for the couples. So it is something which is now becoming a lot more prevalent from a destination standpoint. Maldives used to be pure honeymoon couple destination, but now it's opened up to be a lot more of kid-friendly, family-friendly destination. Mm-hmm. I think that's an evolution of an underrated resort becoming more accepted as the destination for more people to go to, right? In Thailand, that was another yeah. place which not too long ago was still seen as a place where you know, very few people would like to go because it's still not as popular as the likes of Bangkok or Phuket. Mm-hmm. But today, you know, we've got some great hotels there. We recently opened a Kimpton Kitchelay in Samui. And that's great because it's got great vibes, rooms, great food, wonderful place for relaxing and just having a fun holiday. So I, you do see these resorts evolve over time. Evolving, right? That's the key word there. Actually, it's funny you were talking about Maldives because uh, I have friends uh, who have gone there on solo trips. You know, they've just had enough. <laughs> they need to go to Maldives on their own. Rajit, I'm curious, at this point in time, this post-COVID world that we're in, do you see the same curiosity and hunger in people wanting to enter the hospitality industry? Because I, I notice there is a gap in terms of service because it's hard to get service staff in. It's hard to train and retrain. Uh, what are some of the challenges the industry is facing right now? Do we see the curiosity? I must admit the industry took a bit of a beating yeah. from a reputation standpoint during yeah. COVID, right? Because, you know, it's not had something of this nature ever experienced within the industry. It's always been quite rosy and people were always looking to travel. But essentially, if you look at the hospitality industry, it's pretty much a people business. And because of the people business, you're always on the lookout for great talent. So I think from a talent standpoint, yes, we are constantly lookout. Yes, there's going to be a situation where there's not enough available talent. So we just need to be a bit more creative, either embracing talent from new destinations or looking at ways to automate and streamline operations to get to where we want to get to. So what we look for in talent, and I think one thing which COVID has forced us to do also is also kind of cast our net wider and look at a variety of backgrounds as opposed to just going after one profile of talent base. Okay. Uh, very keen to attract talent from outside the hospitality industry. And that's something we do cherish because they bring in perspectives which sometimes, you know, you don't quite see in the industry for too long. Mm. So I would think for anyone who's interested, it's a wonderful career path that people can choose to embark on because it gives you a great variety of work across borders, across provinces, across different brands, different functions. So every single one of our colleagues 
to get on the job training from day one. Right? And, and I think what, that's what they cherish about joining the industry. How far do you yep. see this industry? I mean, you're talking about people cherishing it, right? And, and it got me curious, how far do you see it evolving to a semi-tech industry? So there are lots of things you can automate. I think you know, one thing that you can't automate is the people interaction part of it. And I think the way I look at this industry, it's pretty much still a people business and that's not going to go away because that guest touch point mm. that you have, those things is harder to automate, right? So I, th- I think while you can automate to reduce the friction of travel, you can't automate the actual experience. And I think that's the part of it which will always you know, require people to deliver. And that part of it is what, you know, I believe is a true value add for hospitality, which is delivering the touch points and the experiences for guests to walk away with wonderful memories as they stay at our hotel. Wow, really appreciate your insight today. I've been speaking with Rajit Sukumaran, who is Managing Director, Southeast Asia and Korea for IHG Hotels and Resorts. Uh, Rajit, I appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the program. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.